Welcome from the Rookery End. Uh, it is Saturday, the 9th of April, uh, 2016. Uh, we've just been, Michael, to Watford uh, 1, Everton 1. Kevin Friend's a bit of a div, isn't he? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not... I think we've done quite well of steering clear of talking about referees and having a little chip on our shoulder about officiating, but that performance following on from the Arsenal refereeing, it's game by game, these boys are ruining, ruining, the, ruining the sport of football. This, that is, well, this podcast is called From the Rick End. It's our take on life as a Watford fan. And that's what our take on life as a Watford fan is. See you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, you want it. <laughs> My name's John. Uh, that was Mike. Uh, with us is Jordy. Hello, I agree. Kevin Friend. <laughs> Kevin Friend's a div. And, and, that, and that, that is probably as polite as I can be. <laughs> and Jason. My mum said, if I couldn't say anything nice about someone, I shouldn't say anything at all. And the silence says it all. Come on, this podcast, quite special. Um, we got to spend a uh, couple of minutes with Kike Sanchez Flores, didn't we, Michael? We did, yeah. We were very, very privileged, honoured, and uh, yeah, I'll be honest, we were quite excited to, uh, to have a couple of minutes with, uh, with Kike. It was, um, it was a nice surprise. We weren't expecting a, the, the chance to, uh, to arise, but it did, so we grasped it with both hands, and yeah, it was magnificent. I think he just seemed really chilled out, wasn't he? And we had a, and as you'll hear, he was giggling a lot. We had a, we had a good laugh, and it was, it was great to have some time with him great that Watford let us have time with him and um, yeah real privilege to talk to him hopefully you'll enjoy it as well yeah, uh, we're also going to have a chat about uh, player of the season we'll get some of our friends involved uh, friends of the podcast uh, a lot of other bloggers and people who are involved with us uh, to get there um, everyone's basically going to get a Watford player no matter what you think you are representing that player. You have to say why that player deserves to be Watford Player of the Season. We start up the From the Recurring Random Generating Computer. Um, Geordie has got quite the challenge. I don't think so. Well, we'll see what happens uh, later in the podcast. Um, but let's have a look back uh, on what has... Oh, plus we'll also be chatting to uh, WD Sports uh, editor Kevin Affleck uh, as their new first edition came out this week. Uh, but let's have a think about how this game against Everton went. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. So, Geordie, um, I was walking towards Vickers Road uh, using the brilliant uh, Twitter and up comes this little uh, thing that says, uh, here's a Watford team. It was a little different. Uh, what do you think? It was different, but it wasn't, it wasn't drastically different. It was, there wasn't anyone obvious who'd been left out. I think the most... Surprising one was maybe Hollabass at left back, but given the first goal against Arsenal and the way Aki let the ball kind of go over his head and then let Sanchez get the rebound, I think, you know, Hollabass would have been sick if, if he hadn't uh, been given a chance. And, you know, Kike Sanchez Flores, obviously a uh, tactical genius, uh, found, <laughs> found someone who can play outfield who can score that isn't called Troy or Odion uh, and put Hollabass in. I think um, Capu and Gerardo uh, in the same team. Uh, they, are, they are players who are, I guess, a little bit more creative than they are defensive, and I think they both played pretty decently. And I don't think anyone really stood out today. It was a strange, strange game mm. on both sides. I don't think anyone. It was. It was. It. It wasn't two teams playing badly and giving a horrible game. It was like a cup match. It was end to end. It was open, and I think that's what frustrated me. Is even against Everton, who are letting us run at them, we lacked that something to create clear-cut chances and really, really test them. Because if you look at Everton individually, they've got proven and quality players in every position. So they shouldn't be. They should be doing better than they are. But even you could see their lack of confidence. But you could almost see at the same time our own. And again, it, it took Holobas to get a, to get a goal from a corner who's an unexpected source. It took Britos to make an error for them to get their chance. And there were good saves by both goalkeepers, but there were no 
there were no real clear-cut opportunities for us and I think that's the thing that frustrated me a little bit. Maybe um, Jason uh, Kike thought that um, the, 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 the Trump car that was going to win the game was uh, playing uh, Paredes. Yeah, and he he did all right. I think he's he's come on and he's a better player than he was. Some of the performances we saw from him in the championship last season were, were nothing to write home about. Um, but he's looking good. He had, I think he was given a bit of freedom to attack because the way we were set up, we didn't have a, a natural right-sided wide player because Gerardo was sort of playing on the left, coming in off the left. So he had licence to roam up front and he did all right. The thing that worries me about him in an attacking sense is that he, he's, he lacks confidence in taking players on. You see, every time he got the ball, he was out there on his own and he had one-on-one um, squared up against a defender. He still wouldn't try and knock the ball past him, get past him, get to the byline and get across. He just wanted to find a... He, wanted, he needed a central midfielder to come short or a player to make a run to the byline that he could play a ball to. All in all, he did that well. Um, he, he, he did OK. He... Obviously, there was that little moment at the end where he forgot where the ball was and let it run out of play, which which could have been, a, as we were saying, it was end-to-end stuff and that could have uh, ended up in a good attacking opportunity for us. But generally, he, he did well today. He even won a couple of far-post headers, which is unheard of, I think, Paredes. I'm not sure that whoever he was up against was actually challenging him for the ball. But it did, um, he's, I think that's probably why. That's probably why. But, but he still got beaten. You can only beat people in front of you. And he did it. He won those two far post headers. Well done, Juan Carlos. I think what Jay says about attacking, uh, lacking confidence is true in an attacking sense. I think Watford are chock full of players who don't lack confidence. You can see, by the way, they knock it around on the edge of the penalty area. Um, doesn't matter how many uh, opposition players around, they'll still go for a cheeky little pass or a bit of skill. So we don't lack confidence. But from an attacking sense, I think it applies to the entire team at the moment. You don't see many, many sort of skipping past a player, taking them on, looking to get the early ball in the box. And... <clears throat> that was the, the frustrating thing really about today. I think Jason's summary of um, Paredes really summed up the Watford team's um, uh, shortcomings, if you like, today. I thought the first 20 minutes was really encouraging. Saw Holobas back in where, where everyone wants him to be and he had a great effort on goal. He was sort of pulling the strings again and he was sort of almost like the, orca- the, uh, the band leader or the conductor sat in there, wasn't he, doing what we, we hope he would do. And he, he looked great and Capu sort of looked like he was back to his, back to his best and... We looked at just a bit more free flowing. We, Jason's absolutely right. We were set up to attack, set up to ask um, ask questions. But as the as the half wore on, it all got compacted. I think Everton pressed on, pressed a little bit, and we didn't have as much space. And we were getting the ball deeper and deeper in our own half. And we said at half time, perhaps going in at one all is better than going in at nil nil because we've sort of rested the the impetus. But it didn't happen at all, did it? And uh, the second half was compared to the first I thought was was very very difficult to Watford and we, we were we were lucky I think really to get a point and I think the, the most disappointing thing for me was Amrabat he came on it was a bold decision to take her he came on for Gerardo didn't he after it was only an hour I think 60 minutes so uh, that's a good opportunity for Amrabat you'd have thought from what we've seen of him so far all action he's flying into challenges uh, I wonder if it's because he didn't untuck his shirt <laughs> I, 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 to be fair, I think a, a couple of the Everton players noticed. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was, but they untucked it for him. Not, <laughs> not that Kevin Friend noticed, but uh, they, they definitely untucked it for him. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, plenty to be happy about for the first sort of half an hour, I guess. And it looked more like the Watford that we, we, we've enjoyed. 
Because for me, like that 11, when I first saw it, almost felt like the team that he was starting week in, week out at the beginning of the season. It's almost like that was our strongest team, maybe, you could, you could almost argue. Um, definitely felt the most experienced team we had. But it was definitely better, Michael, than last week at Arsenal. And I take that as a step. A step in the right direction, at least. It's another point. You know, it's another point in a very, very difficult Premier League season. I just, and it was a lot better than Arsenal. It couldn't have been much worse. I think it was worse than, than the Arsenal performance. So we, this would be a very, very different podcast, and quite rightly so. Um, but it does, I think, just the attacking threat, and it just feels difficult for Watford at the moment. And it is difficult. You know, Everton's uh, they've got a manager under pressure. They'll be desperate not to lose as well. But they weren't. They weren't great. Um, and I'd just like to see. We have, we've got players with attacking flair. I think we've got players who can make things happen. And it, we just seem to be making it a little bit difficult for ourselves at the moment. And uh, disappointed is, is strong. I'm glad we've got a point. You're right, it's, it's a step up from, from Arsenal. But we somehow need to build up a bit of a head of steam going into the end of the season. If not, I said, I said the long podcast, not, let's not talk about the semi-final. But you can't just go into a game flat. Palace have got a win today. And we just need to somehow get this ball rolling again. It's the end of the season. We've got to pick a player who's the best for all the games that we've played. It's the law in football. Now, there's a lot of players, and we could sit here for hours and hours debating the, the little nuances between each one. But we decided we're going to get us four, plus some of our friends together, give each one of us a player that they have to represent. They're given 30 seconds to tell us why that player should be the player of the season. We got the, from the Ukraine computer uh, working, got an Excel file going, put it all in there and everyone was given a player they had to represent. Independent adjudicator as well was present, wasn't he? My wife, yeah. And this is at half time we met up with Andy from the Hornets Nest blog, Bradley from the Watford FC blog, plus Tim Watlake, who's done a few podcasts for us with our Italian and Spanish friends. And let's see how they did representing their players. Let's go with Bradley first. Bradley, and the computer gave you Troy Deeney. So you've got to tell us why you think, it's a toughie I know, why should Troy Deeney be player of the season? Well, I don't know what more can be said about Troy Deeney, but if there's one player you can guarantee that's going to give you 110% every game, it's, it's Troy. I mean, even when we're not playing well, Troy's just at it and he's just so selfless for this team. I mean, if I had to choose, if we had to lose one of Dini or Agallo in the summer, then it would be Agallo all day for me because Dini's so important for this side. He brings more than just goals, his hold-up play, his defensive work. He's just everywhere, and you can always rely on Troy to put in a performance and lead this side admirably, which he's, which he's done for a good two or three years now. He is the, the current owner of it. I think most people think he's going to be the, the pop, popular vote, won't he? Yeah, I think... For me, the top three is going to be Dini, Gomez and Cathcart. OK, well, let's see what everyone else can do. Tim. Oh, uh, you got a follow-on from, uh, from uh, Troy <laughs> Dini there. The follow the computer gave you Etienne Capu. Did you understand what you had to do? No, OK. <laughs> very uh, good, very okay. Good. Uh, so, um, 30 seconds, why you think Etienne Capu should be the uh, from the Rookend player of the season? Well, John, I'm so glad today. <laughs> But he's had quite a good first half because he's had a terrible past couple of games. And uh, first couple of se- first um, half of the season, absolutely fantastic. I mean, the thing that I was thinking about before this, because it's a bit of a tough one, we haven't had in the previous seasons, previous seasons in the Premiership, 
a premiership quality player that's come to us. And he is the best premiership quality player that we've signed. And he's the best player uh, that's been a record uh, signing for us. So it's a no-brainer. You know, I mean, you can have your Dinis or your Gomezes who've been here for yonks. And yeah, they score their goals and make loads of great saves. But he's your box-to-box midfielder who, you know, does the proper job, cleans up everywhere. And, and also the showboating and the song. That's all you need, you know. He's perfect. He's great. Player of the season, hands down. I think it, maybe if he hadn't been, been playing out wide and slightly out of place recently, maybe he would definitely be in contention really strongly. I think he needed to get a couple more goals, possibly. I mean, he had a shot earlier, which I don't know if it actually did take a deflection, but, you know. It did. It, did. it was going in. Did it? Yeah. I oh. thought, I, when I came down, because I missed the goal, because <laughs> I'm a pessimist, and uh, I saw, I, I was like, oh, yes, it's Kapu. He scored this. Makes my job so much easier. Um, but then it was Holobas and you know they look kind of similar similar numbers on the back as well but I yeah he's a, he's a no he's a he's a great midfield player he's arguably one of our best midfielder players to have played for Watford for a long long time and um, yeah he gets a bit of bad bad rep sometimes but he's a great player alright so uh, next up Andy so Andy uh, the from the Rickwind computer um, Andy from Hornet's Nest um, weekly blog still going out so when you go to game stuff yeah, yeah, every game. Uh, you've got, as we like to call him, General Ben Watson. So why should Ben Watson be the Watford player of the season? Well, I think everything that I was going to say has just been uh, made, made irrelevant after his assist seconds before recording this, but I'll, uh, I'll go ahead. Who would have thought that our Premier League survival depended on a ginger lad from South London? Ben doesn't just work in the engine room, Ben is the engine. Epitomised by the fact he didn't even play against Stoke and yet was still voted man of the match. When starting league games without Ben, we've averaged one point per game compared to 1.36 points in games he started. If scoring direct from corners isn't enough, he's been described as heroic, magnificent, tremendous and the ginger Iniesta. Mr Flores himself said he was the kind of player we need. Ben is the unsung, underrated, undervalued workaholic player of this campaign. Not only does he deserve the highest accolade at the end of the season, but also a much better song than Super Benny Watson. Oh, oh, Andy, you've got a good case there. If, uh, oh, I don't know about that one. That, that, could, that could be a winner. Uh, also, uh, not with us right now because he's, he's a bit ill. Uh, and here comes David Levy, who the computer gave him Nathan Aki. In a season of ups and downs, Nathan Aki has been remarkably consistent. He's not a flashy player, but he's determined. He tackles extremely well, and that's the main job of a defender. Holobas, Nyon, Paredes. And he has a calm nature when on the ball. Whereas other players have been both brilliant and awful. Kapu, Dini, Igalo. Aki's performances have been consistently at the same 7 out of 10 level in most matches he's played. And whereas others have struggled when played out of position, Kapu, he's looked extremely classy at centre-back against the champions-elect. We might have many fewer loanees than in recent seasons, but Aki has proven his class and that's why I will support him as the 2015-16 player of the season. Let's see who we have to represent a bit later on in the podcast. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. It's been a while since a newspaper came out. Do you remember when the uh, Heldon Post came out? What, when it started? <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember it being on Watford shirts, obviously, but yeah, it's uh, like, yeah. 
Printed newspapers don't come around very often, new ones. There was quite, there was quite a rival in the, in, the, in the late 80s. Isn't it? There was the Watford over against the Heldon Post. There was lots of local newspapers fighting out, covering Watford. Um, and and it, was a, it was a great age of newspaper coverage in the, in the town. And hopefully, such an age will be returning, Michael. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. WD Sport is hitting us. Well, it's on the shelves now. Um, Kevin Affleck, of, formerly of Watford Observer, most people will know who who Kevin is, and will have seen WD Sport working hard really for the last last season. I mean, it started in the pre-season, didn't it? Is when it really they did a, did a, um, a magazine promotion special, but then their presence was really felt in that in that pre-season. Yeah, and they've yeah they've been everywhere. A brave move, one would have thought, to uh, to bring out a, a printed product in. Uh, my limited knowledge of the uh, of the print industry suggests that yeah things are going the opposite direction. But hopefully Kevin knows what he's doing. Well, I spoke to him uh, earlier this week uh, on the phone and uh, had to chat to him about what the first in the first edition what we, we can expect and also really was it a wise thing to start a printed paper? So Kevin, his it's out. It's it's physical. I can hold it in my hand. Um, it's WD Sport. Uh, the fir- it's not the first edition, but it's the first uh, of the weekly editions, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. We, we took a, we took a while to get there. We um, we put our foot on the ball very much after the promotion issue in the summer, which which went down very well. We shifted every one of the twenty thousand copies we printed. Um, we focused very much on the the digital and version and the website and the app. And then we felt now the time was as, as good a time as any to launch, um, particularly ahead of. The FA Cup semi-final in in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so it's, it's out in the shops in in all good retailers and some rubbish ones as well. <laughs> yes, I got mine in Tesco's. Uh, so what's in in this first one? What things? I mean, I've had a, I've had a flick through of it. What what should I be looking out for? The highlight is obviously the um, the exclusive interview with um, Scott Duxbury. We um, he hasn't done an interview this season with any um, any media outlet. So we're very fortunate to land that. We went down there and spoke to him last week. We spoke to him about about forty minutes, and it was a case of what to leave out um there's certainly much more to come from him over the next two or three weeks including he's talking about Penaranda and Troidini and Agarlo to what they'll do in the summer and also um stadium redevelopment so there's much much more to come from him but this week we went with um his thoughts on Kike's contract which is is kind of an issue among the media and in the stands but they were so relaxed about it at the training ground at the minute and then we obviously did the um UGT gate which was um which was a been a much source of um, debate so we covered those ones off um, from a Watford perspective and then we um, we're going to do a weekly column uh, this week first up was Mike Hyde so it was good to chat to him yeah yeah that was good he offered some perspective on kind of like the midfield makeup at Watford and uh, Ross Barkley on Saturday and then um, we also did a Q&A with uh, Tony Cotton who um, I've known Tony or TC as most people know him for a long long while um, and he's, he was great value I particularly loved the story about Rick Holden turning up in his his old mini and then him doing the air guitar dressed in a leotard in a, on a pre-season tour so yeah Tony was was great entertainment that's what you expect from uh, from Rick Holden and that just that just reaffirms <laughs> what we wish and hope Rick Holden was uh, was like back in the day one thing's not in here there is no uh, review of um the last match yeah that was something I'm I'm very big on or even little on if if you want to look at it the other way I just think by the time the game has finished on Saturday, you'd have read our report, which is usually online within five, ten minutes of uh, the whistle. If you haven't read our report, you've probably read it elsewhere. You've probably then read it on in your, in your Sunday paper, and some of the Mondays even cover it off. I think by the time Thursday comes round, you want to be looking ahead, not backwards, and I don't think anybody really wanted to dwell too long on that, um, hiding 
the team got at Arsenal. So, yeah, unless it's a special um, occasion, unless it's kind of like a signature game, the one against Liverpool at home stands out. The win over Arsenal stands out. Likewise with the semi-final, then we won't be putting the match report in the paper. That'll be um, first and fastest online um, on our website. Because that's the thing, you, you, you sort of start building your reputation with the online and the app that's out there. Um, how do you see it being different then, the online and the, and the paper? I think it's the biggest balance we, we've got to face, really. Um, but it's, it's, it's a challenge and, and one I think we'll, we'll embrace and, and I think we'll get right, is, is how to balance what you put online and what you put in the newspaper. Our, our policy is nothing you read in the newspaper will be online because I don't think you can ask somebody to pay 60 pence, a very reasonable 60 pence for a, for a print product and then say to them, yeah, a, a day later, hours later, it'll be online for nothing. I, I don't think you're being particularly fair to your um, your subscribers there. You can very rarely hold on to content these days just because of so much is out there, so many websites delivering Watford content. So this is where it'll come down to the contacts we've got, the stories we'll be able to generate. And I believe our contacts are kind of the best in the business when it comes to Watford Football Club. So we'll be able to deliver exclusive content for the paper only, which we've demonstrated this week with um, with Scott Duxbury. Because my wife works in, in print. She uh, works in magazines. And the th- weird thing is that I suppose you, you're sort of going against what would be the trend. You know, the independent newspaper has stopped printing. Enemy, which is a massive, massive weekly newspaper about music, it's now going for free. So what made you sort of to go down what would be called a, a traditional route and not sort of try and, and do this new media, new electronic side of things that other people are doing? I, I kind of come from the era where my, my, my background is print, but also been embraced, I've very much embraced the digital era. I've been involved in some startups where it's been digital only. We actually did some extensive research for the last 18 months, two years. and Actually, niche print products are in growth. There's a newspaper in Wokingham, which um, I speaking to the kind of the founder and the publisher there. His, his product has gone really, really well. It's been launched 18 months, two years. You look at, um, I think it was the Daily Mirror have produced it. Is it the New Day? So th- there's another new title launched there. Um, and I just think it's about getting the balance right. The Independent obviously has gone uh, digital first or, or web only. But if you look at the, comp- the market there, in it's such a saturated competitive market. They've had to do something different. Whereas I believe in, in this market, there's us and obviously our, our competitor, the Watford Observer, but they've got news and sport. Ours is just sport only. It's a niche publication. Um, and we believe there's a market for it and, and an appetite for it. And I think that's reflected in the feedback we've had already to issue one, which has been absolutely overwhelming. And that's really, really satisfying. It's a pinch yourself time to be a Watford fan, um, and I don't think there's any better time to launch um, uh, a sports newspaper, sports dedicated newspaper in, in this great town we live in. From the rookery end. Player of the season, it's our go, boys. You've got 30 seconds. The computer has generated the, your player. Um, you will, uh, you know who that is. And uh, first up, is Michael. Michael, your player that the computer gave you was Odian Igalo. Why should Odian Igalo be player of the season? I'm delighted to be representing the 2015-16 player of the season, Odian Igalo, and there's three main reasons why. Number one, goals. Number two, goals. Number three, <laughs> goals. He is a man who has single-handedly kept us in the division. You can keep your clean sheets, you can keep your, keep your assists, you can keep your possession stats. There's one thing that counts and one thing's only 
and that's goals. Odia Nigala has delivered them by the bucket load consistently. People might say he's selfish. That's why he scores goals. That's why he's important. He's the talisman of the side. He's the, he's the player that other team uh, teams fans talk about. He's the He's the player that other teams fans want for their team. He almost could have signed for Man United in the in January. He could have gone to China for three hundred thousand pounds a week. He stayed here. He scored goals. He's kept us in the division. 2015-16 player of the season, Odi Nigalo. Oh, if, if it wasn't a, if, I, if if it wasn't a fair competition, Michael, I think I'd pick up on a couple of things. Uh, one word in particular. Anyway, my go. Right. <clears throat> the computer gave me Herelio Gomez. Herelio might have done me a good job this today, being the man of the match, um, certainly keeping uh, the game, uh, Watford in the game today. But this is the thing. The cliche in football says goals win games. But that's not true. Gomez wins games. <laughs> if you look at the statistics, that's 10 clean sheets in 32 games. In all the Premier League season previously, Watford let in 77 goals in our first season, 56 goals in our second season. So far this season, only 37 goals, because Gomez wins games. He is, you may look, those games he wins are as good, and those saves he pulls off are just as good as another goal. Maybe, Michael, he's scored and saved more goals than the 14 that Odi Nogalo's put in. There's gotta be at least 20 that he saved. It's as simple as this. Gomez wins games. Jordi, um, uh, the computer did the work. Uh, all I can say is that the player that was generated for you was Stephen Berghouse. Good luck. Um, every November we stop whatever we're doing and we stand in silence remembering not individual glories, not collective victories, but sacrifices. And the sacrifices that are made for the for the greater good, people who gave up the thing that's most valuable to them, their lives and their futures, and create the foundation for us to live our lives. So we give thanks to them and we remember them. Footballers' careers are short. Um, time is the most important thing they have. And this season really turned around when we stopped playing with wingers. And that meant that Stephen Berghouse had to sacrifice a year of his career. Without, without his sacrifice, there would be no Igalo's goals, there would be no thumping Liverpool 3-0, no trip to Wembley no looking like survival so while there may be individual glories while there may be um, collective great victories i think just as we remember those and recognize the sacrifices made by those brave men, brave souls in the wars we need to recognize that actually all of our success and all of our enjoyment this season is built on stephen berghouse's sacrifice so for that reason he has to be our player of the season <laughs> can you play the last post <laughs> um finally jason Seven men have gone before you. How can you do with your... An awful, <laughs> an awful video that Jason's going to flat in Watford. <laughs> Jason, you're, you're the final man to take part in this. Uh, and your man is Craig Cathcart. So Igalo's goals may be good. You might have trumped him with Gomez. But if you just leave opposition attackers peppering Gomez with goals, eventually he's going to let him in. Because he's letting 37 already this season. <laughs> So you just let it. So, so what he needs is someone in front of him, a barrier to protect him, and that barrier is Craig Cathcart. He is the complete footballer. Yeah, 
he's a he, we know he's a decent defender. We we had him in the championship last season and he was a good top quality championship defender last season. But he's come in at the start of this season. Britos and Prudel are there. He's got competition for places, but he's been there from the start and he's kept his place pretty much throughout the season. He knows when to get rid. He's still got that bit of championship about him, but he's a cultured footballer. He's got a great touch and he's our third joint highest goal scorer this season as well with one <laughs> he's just the, the complete player and let's not forget as well he's also an international he's going to Euro 2016 he scored goals for them he scored goals for Northern Ireland two goals for Northern Ireland this season I, I can't think of any strikers that have done that in the last 10 years Craig Cathcart player of the season 2015-16 well, there you go. That is the, the each one of us putting forward a player uh, who we think uh, could possibly, representing a player who could win uh, player of the season. Uh, the vote will open soon, I'm sure, on the What Was Ever website. Uh, make sure you vote. Vote early and vote regularly uh, because we need to make sure that the winner of the player of the season um, is the right man. Let's make Watford great again. <laughs> We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! We're quite lucky from the Recruit. Um, we get to meet uh, lots of players. We had dinner with Dini. Podcast is available. Um, look about May, April, May last year on our, on our iTunes feed. Um, but we got to meet uh, Kike Sanchez Flores this week. He's a special man, isn't he, Jason? He's a very special man. Um, we love him. He's a good-looking fella. He's got a nice little beard. I, I'd try and model mine on his, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it's quite working. But, yeah, we love Kike. Uh, Jordi, um, we, we saw him this week. Could have done with you a little bit with, uh, with your, your Spanish influences. Um, but he... Is he the coolest Watford manager we've ever had? Uh, ooh, I think cool is a difficult word, isn't it? I mean, Fonz is kind of the epitome of cool, but some people <laughs> might say he's naff as well. Um, I think, I think never I, managed a football team either, no, Jordi. I think, I think Slav was pretty cool in his kind of aloof he was ice cold yeah but I think I think that kind of not trying to be cool makes you cool and I think I mean, Slav had an element of coolness about him trying to think back who we had uh, probably Ray Lungton AD Boothroyd probably don't fit into the kind of cool category uh, Graham Taylor maybe in his kind of alternative cool um so yeah, I reckon. I reckon. You know, I, I don't know if the Potsos are looking for cool. Maybe Beppe is a bit cool. I think. I, yeah, I, th- I think. I think we've had a good. Our coolest managers have been in the last couple of years. Yeah, certainly. Well, the, the level's clearly raising, uh, and we got to chat to him for a little bit uh, this week, didn't we, Mike? We did. And whether he's cool or not, one thing that's really, really shone through is that he's friendly. And he's very, very happy, I think, at Watford. And he's very focused on there. But, yeah, he's just so happy. The way he, he sort of laughed with us was a real, a real something to, to really treasure. And it just felt like a connection. He knew we were just Watford supporters. We're not, we're not professional broadcasters or, or content producers. We were just Watford fans. That's how we would have been pitched to him. And the way he just relaxed with us and, and talked, it was, it was a real joy, a real privilege. We weren't, we weren't there with him for very long, we'll be honest, but it did feel like he was just happy to talk and, um, yeah, hopefully that comes across. Yeah, we, we spoke to George Byers, um, who we're going to speak to uh, here on next week's podcast, and in a couple of weeks' time we also spoke to Odin Igalo, uh, and that'll be on a future podcast as well. Um, but there's a point where we were just about to interview uh, Igalo, and Kike just come in the room, and he sort of bounded over and just like... Uh, was speaking to everybody as he came in, shaking hands, said hello to us. And like, oh, hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we were, exactly like right at the end, we were just, just squeaked a couple of minutes from him. And this is, this is what we got to, to find out, just to sort of to get to know a little bit more about the cool Kike Sanchez Flores. We're delighted to be joined on from the Rookery End by Kike Sanchez Flores. Kike, how are things? 
Uh, fine. <laughs> fine. Training, hard, uh, training very hard every day. So now try to to change a little bit the, the last dynamic we have and try to to get a, a good run in the future. At the, at the start of the season, did you expect to be fighting? in the Premier League and also be so deep in the FA Cup is it a, is it a nice surprise for you? It was uh, our idea since the beginning because we tried to, to work very hard in the pre-season try to, to play to play strong then but if someone tell me before the start of the season that now we are with 37 points and we're in the semi-final of a guy say okay perfect well, I, I would like to, to sign that <laughs> um, I mean, you know, being this season did you think that this league would make you have to change the, the way you ran the team so much? We didn't change a lot. Uh, I think we are working in the same way every time, but uh, the, the competition is very tough, it's very long. So for us, after December, January, was very the, the schedule was, the program was really, really hard for us. We changed a little bit, we lost a little bit of energy, and for us it was, it was difficult. It was difficult now, the program in the second half of the league was completely difficult. We play, now it's 12 matches, I think. Uh, we play against uh, amazing teams also, but mm, we change a little bit. We change a little bit. I don't know if maybe to got 37 points very quick or the, the idea to play this one semi-final, semi-final FA Cup in, in two weeks. Maybe we are a little bit distracted now. We lost the focus in the in the league. Not completely, but we lost part of the focus in the Premier League. Now I feel uh, we need to recuperate the, the good feelings. Very tactical, it's very difficult in the Premier League. You yeah. come across some very talented players and managers. Have you ever been in a game and the opposition manager has done something and you thought, oh, very clever, well done? <laughs> yeah, I can feel that and now we are no unknowing team for, for the other managers. Here in the Premier League, everyone is really, really prepare for, for this work so we we are competing against amazing teams against amazing players amazing coach so they are thinking of, about us also so in the first half of the list like a, what was a little bit the surprise but in the second left leg, <laughs> they know us they prepare the matches thinking about that we are run the dangerous so it's very hard for us at the moment the second very hard the second half you're sort of, you, you, know, you, you came, you're, you're, you know the story about who your godfather was yeah. and, and you've seen, you must have seen very early age the best football in the world. If you could tell us what would make the perfect game of football for you to watch, what would be the perfect game of football? That I saw before? Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe, uh, maybe uh, it was very funny when uh, I participate is when we won uh, 5-0 with Real Madrid to Barcelona <laughs> it was really funny I don't mind to see again <laughs> it was really funny we're going to ask you to pick a five-a-side team we know you play five-a-side so a five-a-side team of players you've managed so the ult- your ultimate five-a-side team this is a very difficult question <laughs> you're very strong with me <laughs> No, okay, maybe uh, Silva, Agüero, uh, Villa, Pablo Aymar, uh, maybe Thiago, Portuguese Thiago. This is one, but uh, for me it's like a song, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> in what yeah. for you know, Madrid, Valencia, and for me, Getafe, including this, for me it's like, a, like a, my songs. <laughs> Dif- difficult to choose. Place for you in the side? Yeah, no, I'm not playing with them, but I like to play every every single week. I like to play with my friends. We are playing inside seven side seven. I love it. 
I don't do that. I mean, coming up, it's sort of coming up to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Are you looking forward to summer? And what will, what will be, what's your main priority? What's your target for the summer? First, I would like to, to finish well. <laughs> so I like to, I don't like to think about the future too much. So uh, the, the target is now, the target for me is to come back to recuperate the good feelings in the league and then go to try to prepare the team to be competitive in the semi-final. And then when we finish, of course, we want to work against very hard because if we want to prepare the team for the next year, the target in summer is to try to build the best team that is possible the squad because now if you are if we are able to establish the team in the in the premier the next step is more difficult the second step is most difficult than the first one it's obviously latin music's played a, a part in your in your history what do you think of the music that the guys play in the dressing room does that need to be changed I don't mind if they change sometimes the music eh? because it's very, very, very hard <laughs> to, to hear this, this music. But this, they are younger, so I understand perfectly what is the, the kind of music they are hearing. And while we're on music, the last question: yeah. how, are we, how are the Watford supporters doing with your song? Yeah. The Watford supporters, I don't have words to talk about them. They are supporting a lot uh, all the time. UK Road. When we go away, all the time is coming through 2,000, 3,000 uh, Watford fans. So. When we are not able to do the best, I say apologize. <laughs> and when all the time we are competitive and we, we are in the end of the match always, we say thank you because they follow and they support a lot. And your song, we're doing it right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. My, my heart is, is, is beating a lot. <laughs> so that was our chat with, with Kike. Five-a-side team, quite interesting. Some big players in there. But there wasn't necessarily a goalkeeper. For a defensive-minded uh, coach, it was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? But I think he was just so excited about listing, uh, listing those players and sort of dreaming about what they do on a five-a-side pitch. What I'd love to know is if they, that five-a-side team would beat Gianfranco Zola's five-a-side team that he, uh, that he mentioned to us uh, when we interviewed him, when was it, three years ago now, I guess. Maybe we can get Miles to plug the two, uh, two five-a-side teams into, um, in, into Football Manager and see who would triumph. But... Uh, yeah, another just insight into. We knew what Kike's like. We know we can see in sort of the the reaction he gets from opposition players. You know, Aguero, David Silva, De Gea, people like that. You've seen the um, the affection with which he's held and vice versa with these guys. So no great surprise to hear him listing those uh, those players. But Jordi, go run us through run us through the five aside teams. Uh, we had David Silva, Sergio Aguero, uh, David Villa, Pablo Aymar, and and Thiago. And I'm guessing. Um, Aguero is probably a good goalie, isn't he? Five aside. <laughs> you know when you see those little stocky strikers who kind of yeah. get stuck in and goalie, yeah, if you kind of imagine like Forestieri would be a good good goalie as well. That kind of eager to get the ball all the time. So I think I think I think uh, you could probably stick uh, Aguero in goal, and then basically with uh, Silva, Fia, and I might you've got to get the ball off them before you can shoot. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe there was a tactical genius behind that five aside team. Thank you very much for listening to From the Recruit. Uh, we'll be back next week with that interview with George uh, Byers. Massive congratulations to the under-18s. Uh, yeah. They won their title today. Uh, they drew, but they, they won the title. We saw a little bit of them. We were lucky enough to go and see their game against QPR in the week, weren't we, Michael? Yeah, they looked good. They uh, they never really looked in danger against that QPR side. They won they won 2-0, comfortable winners, some some decent-looking players in that side. So, yeah, congratulations to them. Uh, maybe Harry Kuhl can uh, bring a few up to his under-21 side. Yeah, so where will they go? Where is the, what is the future of, uh, of the youth in Watford? Before we go, I've got two things to say. One thing, have you noticed that Ben Watson's sort of plaster cast has gone missing? You know that thing he's played with on his... When did he stop having that? Did it coincide with... I think he's given it to Mario Suarez, hasn't he? Yeah, well, 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 the other thing I'm worried about is he's given it to Jamie Vardy. 
because he plays with one as well. And if because if it just feels like once since his little hand thing's gone, his form's gone a little bit as well. Another thing was we often talk about Troy and how amazing Troy is, but just a little thing, um, he's donated a shirt to the Harry Arter auction. Um, which Kelly from Bournemouth, Kelly's a massive Watford fan um, and she works for Bournemouth and she just wanted us to make sure that, that that gets a little bit of a mention. Harry Arter's story is a very, very sad one, but actually quite inspirational as well, the way he's dealt with it and, and the stuff he's gone through. So if you don't know about that, do find out about it. But Troy Deeney, off his own bat, he wasn't asked for it. He's donated a, donated a short shirt for that auction. So it's a good opportunity if you're a Watford fan and you're looking for a birthday present or an early Christmas present, something to remember this year by go and bid on that you can find all the details online we'll we'll tweet about it as well but just another little thing uh, that shows how Troy sort of understands football and and just the wide of the wide of sporting world and how important he he can be in it so I, I just thought that was a great thing to mention you don't get this whole competition we had earlier on Michael about representing a player you've just given Bradley help with <laughs> with, 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 with Troy Dini um, thank you very much for listening uh, you can find us on uh, your various social medias uh, just find Watford podcast uh, we'll be back next week for yet another podcast uh, as we lead up to Wembley and uh, Watford's end of what is going to be we have with fingers crossed a fantastic season you a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end